Welcome to the Soul Align Business Babes podcast. My name is Susan Francis and I'm a mindset manifestation expert, business coach and mentor helping women quantum leap their business success and make the seemingly impossible a reality. And if you're here, you've been called here for a reason. You know within your soul that you are capable of so much more and I'm here to help you unlock your full potential and manifest your dream life and business. It is my mission to empower female entrepreneurs to connect back to their soul, to their true calling, and to create a business from a place of alignment and purpose. So if you're struggling with hard work and force in your business, then get ready to let go of everything you think you know. It's time to forget all the stress, all the strategies, all the hustle, and instead unlock the secret to manifesting your next level of abundance. Join me as I deep dive into creating a business that flows, teach you how to trust your intuition, create a mindset of abundance, experience more joy, and to learn how to become magnetic to the money and success you desire. I have a down-to-earth, strictly no BS approach and make the woo-woo seem logical and actionable. I know that the knowledge, tools, and insights I share will change your life and the way you approach your business forever, and I'm excited to help you expand. Let's get started. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Soul Align Business Babe podcast. Today I'm interviewing a beautiful, beautiful coach, Amanda Hunter, who is a embodied feminine leadership coach who infuses pleasure and play with being of service. So she blends the woo with the science, which is all my jam, and Amanda supports soulful entrepreneurs in cultivating their inner authority to become the leader of themselves first and see their business expand as a result. I love all of that. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Susan. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation with you today. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to dive into into this with you today. So we're talking about really tapping into your body to expand your business, which Sounds incredible. So dropping out of your head into your body to really create safety within your nervous system and dissolve any of those unsupportive patterns which are keeping your business stuck. And so I love that. I mean, I love that, you know, that connection with the body, getting out of our head. I'm all about all of those things. So I guess maybe we should just start with, maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about what does it mean to be embodied? Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah, definitely. And this is such a big question. And I think when we think about it at the high level. So embodiment is really about being able to feel and embrace the the various different states within the physical body um, as they exist, exist in that present moment. So it's not about living in the future. It's not about living in the past. It's about being present. And so typically I find that most people will sit in our head. I was the same. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of your listeners in their past lives have been exactly the same as well. Yes. Yeah. And for true embodiment to actually occur, we need to get out of our heads. We need to connect the two because this is really beautiful mind-body connection that does exist. So if we think about it, our body is always giving us signals. It's interpreting everything that's occurring around us in life and it's providing different feedback or reactions to certain situations. So we can think of that as like warmness, tingling, cold, any sort of sensory input that we get from our external environment is going to be felt in our body. We need the mind, though, in order to actually interpret that. So what does it mean? What does that coldness mean? What does that tightness mean? What is that sensation? And if we only sit in our mind and we shut out the body, then we can't actually listen to these things. So it's sort of the the connection between the two that we need. And this thing creates that potential to be embodied. So 
the awareness that we have between the two, the greater the awareness, the more that we can actually be embodied as well. And the more that you actually attune your intuition and allow your body to guide you, the more powerful you become. So really you can think of embodiment as a skill. It's this bodily intelligence that we are, we're all born with. We all have it, but to the degree that we still have it now, it varies from person to person. And essentially, it's something that gets buried up as we go throughout life underneath all of these different layers of conditioning or trauma or things like along those lines. So what are the kind of things, I guess, in business, like when we talk about mm. being embodied, like how are we, what are the sort of things we're listening for then? So it's about the way you're explaining it, if I understand, is really tuning into how your body is giving you signals. Yes, right. Very much so. Yes, fitting into how you and so in business, how would how would you relate it to business? How is our body giving us signals in business? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So let's just talk about the good girl for a moment and how does that play out in business? Well, I know for myself, this is something that was quite deep in my own conditioning, and I would sense myself. I didn't feel as though I could show up fully. Whenever I would say something that was a little bit daring or a little bit scary, I would say it with this really small voice. So I jump on, say, an IG live or my stories, and instead of being bold and just going out there and saying it, I was hunched over, little tiny voice, not really feeling confident in what I was saying. And of course, well, how is that then interpreted by the world and or my community? They're going to see it as me not being confident in what I'm saying. They're not really going to believe it because I don't believe it myself. And so it's about really breaking through that conditioning fully understanding and embodying and owning my truth so that I can then bring that to my business as well. So that's one of the ways that it starts to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So then listening to how our body is, uh, listening to what's happening in our body so that we can see then where things are perhaps stuck or holding us back or. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That sort of thing to give us the answers of how to move forward. Is that. Yes. Yes. Because when we think about embodiment, there's there's really sort of three parts to it. It's about being able to sense the state um, of our own being. So that's our emotions, our feelings, our posture, our tension, what's going on in the body. So you hit the nail on the head there. And then the second part is about just allowing it to be. So don't try and move through it. Don't just brush it off. Sit with it. And this is something that is just so difficult for so many people because they're told, don't feel the feelings, (laughs) just put up a wall, put up a mask and move on. And then the third part is about really being able to inhibit it. And so what this looks like varies from person to person. So what it looks like for me could be different to you. And that's why it's very important that we don't take our cues from others. And it's about really sort of trusting that innate wisdom that we have in ourselves And when we start to do this and we start to integrate these feelings, integrate these shifts and work through it, that's when we start to see that real sort of energetic internal shift, which I know that you're all about as well. All about it. All about it. It's it's interesting hearing your perspective on embodiment because I talk about embodiment a lot. I teach an embodiment a lot. Um, And it is about feelings in the body, but it's it's more about using embodiment, I guess, as a practice to step into that next level version of you. So realizing who she is and sort of becoming her now, right? Really being her now. So how do you create, because you talk about um, creating safety within your body and regulating your nervous system. How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's- And why do we need to do that? (laughs) Yes. I was going to say, it's quite important to understand the purpose of the nervous system really and and why it exists and what it's there for. So do you mind if I just spend a couple of minutes just to give us a bit of background on that one? Sure. Beautiful. So a nervous system essentially exists to collect different sensory inputs. And again, that's then going to uh, 
our nervous system then decides how do we actually respond to those. So we've got the autonomic nervous system, and this is essentially responsible for our conscious, everything that exists below our conscious awareness. So this is why it's really hard to try and think our way out of things because you can't use the conscious mind to get down to that level. So this autonomic nervous system is responsible for digesting our food, our breathing, our metabolism, sexual response, things like that. Then as part of that, we have like the two different parts. We have the parasympathetic, which is our um, safe and relaxed feeling. And then we have our parasympathetic, which is more that, that threat and that fight or flight that we're, we're quite often aware of. Now, why it's important to actually nurture our nervous system is that when we do have a regulated nervous system, it allows us to move through the different stages quite easily and arrive at that homeostasis, which is where we want to be. We want to be calm. We want to be collected. We want to be mm. content. So what now, causes you to like not move out of that? What causes you to kind of be in that high stress all the time? Is there something that triggers it? Is it is it like, yeah, what, what would sort of cause you to be in that state? Yeah, definitely. So this is essentially... <laughs> It comes down to, or part of it is not actually looking after ourselves, not looking after our health. And this is one of the things that I'm certainly so passionate about and comes back to my background as a holistic health coach is that this having good health really is the foundation of everything. So that's kind of at the starting point. And I went through my own sort of uh, health issues in the past, which led me to this, but I won't, won't delve into those now. But that's sort of the, the foundation of it all. Now, in terms of other practices that we can do, there are quite a few other practices that we can do to really help nurture our nervous system. Um, and I can dive into some of those now if you like. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. So some of those are something very simple that I like to do is, is breathing. Um, breath work, meditation, it's a very sort of simple one that most people can do. And you don't need to sit down and block out 20 minutes to, to deeply meditate. If you can, amazing. I mean, research shows that five to 20 minutes of meditation or breath work just really does wonders for your nervous system. But it can be something as simple as just changing the way that you breathe. If you were breathing with a longer inhale, then that is something that triggers our sympathetic nervous system. If you are breathing on a, sorry, uh, triggers our parasympathetic nervous system. If you're breathing on the longer exhale, it actually then relaxes us and puts us into that relaxation mode. So something as simple as a breath that is a count of four on the way in, hold for seven, and then eight on the way out, that is something that is going to instantly relax you. So that's just one very simple way of doing it. Other things that I like to do are more around the embodiment practices, and we can dive into that if you want to talk about that now. And how that sort of well, I'd love to know more. Like, how is the reg like in terms of regulating? Everyone's heard of kind of regulating your nervous system, or, yeah. Or, yeah. but how when it comes to business, I guess I'd love to kind of bring it back to mm-hmm. the impact of a dysregulated nervous system, or how that's showing how that's showing yes. up in business, and how it's stopping women expanding their business. Sure. So when we are dysregulated in our nervous system, we're essentially oscillating between the highs and the lows. It's this feast or famine. It's all always on or off. And so this can show up, let's just say you have a highly stressful launch. If you have a regulated nervous system, you'll have your launch and then you'll sort of ease back into things. If you are dysregulated, what you'll find is that you'll show up really strong. You will launch whether it's successful or not. And then at the end of it, you're simply going to crash. You're going to disappear from social media. You're not going to be present for your community. Is this all or nothing? 
Um, you might also see in really poor boundaries with the clients. So the people pleasing is something that comes up a lot. Now, whether you're offering, let's just say you're offering a boxer service as part of your um, package, not actually stipulating boundaries around the times that people can contact you is leading into that sort of that people pleasing, that fawning um, response again. It could also be dropping your prices to suit people. So rather than really holding firm in your own knowing and your own being, it's, oh, you can't afford that. Don't worry. I will pander to you. And I understand that not everyone is in a situation where they can afford certain services. And sometimes we do like to offer, say, scholarships or something like that. But this is, I'm coming from this in a different perspective that it's about just doing whatever we can to get whatever client and then not necessarily being the right client for us either. So these are some of the ways that it shows up um, in business that I've seen with my clients. And so is that something that people are feeling in their body? Definitely, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, for example, like um, like to me when, you, when, you, when you're talking about, say, like dropping your prices, to me that that would be perhaps like like I said, not standing in your power, not knowing the value of what you do or your worthiness. How is that, I guess I'm trying to make that connection, how in your nervous system is that, how would someone be feeling in those moments when they do that? How would yeah. they? How would someone know their nervous system is dysregulated? Yeah. Kind of thinking through my own thoughts as I'm talking. <laughs> of course, of I'm course. Thinking. No, that's okay. And again, this comes back to being different for everybody. So I'll use myself as an example. Now, when I have, and the people-pleasing tendency is something that does come up for me. It's it's a continual thing. And this is part of doing the inner work. It's always going to keep coming up just in different, different forms. And so when someone will challenge my boundaries, I get this real sort of tightness in my chest. Mm-hmm. I get this contraction in my throat because I'm too afraid to say something. It's this reverting to the posture that I would have had as a child, almost when I'm being told off and wanting to adapt myself and be a chameleon in order to please them. So really putting myself last. So how this relates to the nervous system. So we talked about the one of the fawning as being one of the responses, so the Mm people-pleasing response in the nervous system. So this is where it's sitting in that really dysregulated state and the the dorsal vagal um, is sort of shutting down. It's about not wanting to upset others. It's about not wanting to rock the boat or anything like that. And Mm. if you had a regulated nervous system and you're feeling really comfortable, really confident, someone said to you, drop your prices, initially you might go, oh, okay, Um, I don't know if I can. But you would be able to rebound from that quite quickly. You wouldn't simply go, okay, 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 I'll do that. It's about, all right, maybe it still hits you in that moment, but then you can process it. You can feel it. You can feel it in your body. How am I going to react? And then you can choose to integrate that and you can make your decision and how you respond based on that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so I think a lot of people will be able to relate to those feelings of contractedness. When someone says when something happens, how, you know, yeah, is that that contraction is feeling like you can't speak those Mm -hmm. sorts of, those sorts of things. Yes, and, and it always comes down to that story that we're telling ourselves, right? It comes down to the meaning we're assigning to something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, how much of this is how much of this is shifting beliefs and stories, and how much of it is coming from a body perspective first? To, um, like you said, doing breathing techniques or things like that to help to help regulate. It's a combination of the two, really. It's sort of that um, 
almost like that chicken before the egg. And there's this thinking feeling loop that we get stuck in. Mm. So we have the thought, which then creates a feeling in the body, and that feeling then goes back to the thought. So it either proves or disproves the thought. And so when we get stuck in that loop, it gets really hard to try and break out of it. So this is where I believe that mindset work is so important because we get to change that belief first. And sometimes it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right in the body. There's this sort of incongruence or this disconnect between what I'm saying versus what I'm feeling. But sometimes it's just this meeting of the two. So let's just say you have a thought that says, um, I'm not worthy of charging that price in my business. And so the body will go, oh, yeah, no, I'm not. And you sort of again contract and so forth. And then the mind goes, yes, you definitely aren't. You aren't showing up confidently. There's no way you can charge that price. But if you step in and you do the inner work on your own worth, your, your self-belief, and you start to shift that, you go, hang on, I'm going to raise my prices. This is the new standard that I'm going to hold. The first time your body meets that, again, it's going to go, hmm, that doesn't feel right for me. But having that strong inner belief in yourself and that that inner authority allows you to go, no, no, my mind is saying, no, this is what it's going to be. And the body goes, okay, all right, you seem confident, let's go with that. And so it's that first of all about believing it, then it's the feeling it, and then it's the reintegrating that process. So how do we get that mind and body working together? Oh, (laughs) it's a million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. So there's lots of different techniques that can do that. And one of the things that I do with my clients is neuro-linguistics programming. That's one of the different techniques. Um, hypnosis also does it. There's change therapy. There's lots of different ways um, to be able to do that. Um, so lots of different modalities exist in order to, to create that change first, which then can sort of flow into the body. And that's why I believe it really is this culmination of the two. It's not just one or the other. It really sort of meshes together so beautifully. Mm, yeah yeah I mean there are so many modalities right there are so many modalities out there so what are some simple practices to help people get out of their head and really drop into their body oh I love these so myself as a dancer in my previous years dance is such a big one for me Mm. and what I believe in is that we're all we're so individual and we really sort of need to look at what works for us because what works for me is not going to work for the next person and so forth. But for me personally, dance and music are really big for me. And so what I want in my business and the reason I created it was to have more ease, more flow, more joy, and really sort of spark that creativity and that passion, that play and and all of those things. And so when I build my business and as I grow it, it's something that I'm really aware of. So leaning back on the, the dance that I found just so moving for me, I love to to have like a feminine embodiment practice, which involves music. It's like using my body as a vessel to really sort of feel and embody and embrace that energy and bring it through dance. So I'll breathe, I'll connect into my body, I will put on a couple of songs and just move. And it's not pretty, it's not a performance, it's just purely there for me, but it allows me to really flow and just get into it. Um, one of the things I actually did over the weekend, which I found incredible, was this sensual dance um, workshop. And it just allowed me to really invoke my inner wild woman. And I think this is something that so many of us women are afraid to actually embody because we're told, don't be sexual, don't be sensual, don't have any of that. That's something that you sort of keep to yourself. And so this is something that we keep out of our work. We keep out of our writing. And so much of our creativity actually lies in this. 
And I mean, one of the the most incredible things is if you, again, just in your room, no one has to see anything, but just put on some music and really just let loose and move and flow. And you'll notice the difference if you sit down and try and create some content, whether it's writing an email, writing a post or whatever it is, once you've done that and you've really invoked that Mm. different energy, my gosh, <laughs> it yeah. is. Just has a, a bit of a dance. Love a bit of a dance. I mean, I, I do that a lot. Um, sometimes I do it every morning. I don't always, yeah. but I definitely use it before I do live trainings and things like that. It just, yeah. And it also, it, you know, I mean, it gets the blood moving through your body. It, it gets, yeah, it gets, gets all the juices flowing. It gets all the juices definitely. flowing. I love that. Yeah. Okay. What else? Okay. So, and you talked about the breathing techniques. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the other ones I love as well is somatic movement. So, again, it comes back to the body. So feel all the feelings and allow them just to move throughout you. So let's just say you're feeling angry and it happens. It always happens. There's always something that comes up and we're taught just to push it down. But when you do that, the the energy, the emotions, they all get stuck in the body. And, again, we then sit in our head. So one of the things that works really well for me is if I'm feeling anger, put on music, don't put on music, whatever is um, is up to you. But shake, shout, stomp, scream, punch, the air, the pillow, whatever it might be, just get it moving. Mm. Or let's say you're feeling kind of nervous or frustrated or something like that on edge, shake your body, tingle your fingers, just brush it off, whatever you need to do. Or cry. If you need to cry, do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's something yeah. that, um, yeah, <laughs> it's something that I, I definitely do a lot more now than I used to, show the emotions. <laughs> but it took a while to get there. Um, the other thing that I love, and this is so simple as well, is just about being out in nature. So mm. grounding, it's yeah. a simple practice that I do each morning is I love stepping out onto the grass mm. outside, just letting the, the morning sun land mm. on my face and watching the, the shadows of the leaves just dance. It's, it's really beautiful, really sort of nourishing and grounding. And if you're at the beach, go to the beach. Or yeah. if you are at the beach or near a pool, water. Water is incredible for just being mm, able to calming. shift that stagnant energy and calm you down. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. One of my new favourite things is, or two new favourite things. One is I've finally back into boxing classes, which I love. And for me, it's one of those things of like, it's not really getting out anger, but it's just I, you know, it's it's releasing energy. It's releasing mm. energy. I love that. I love high impact, high energy things. The other thing is we've just built up a goal around our backyard, um, and which means we've got this covered, beautiful space. We can have breakfast, we have meals. And so I'm sitting out there now having breakfast and, yeah, there's the beautiful sun in the morning, the breeze. On the weekend we planted some bamboo and now they're, like, all swaying and rustling yeah. and it's... Yeah, it's that connection to nature. It's that it's especially in the morning. It's a beautiful time of the day. Yes. And you know, I love the things you're sharing because obviously that's so simple, right? But like yeah. but dancing, getting in nature, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's no. um very simple things. And it's interesting that what's so interesting about all of this is that this is how children behave. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot more time generally, maybe this generation is a bit different, but generally a lot more time outdoors right just exploring the outdoors being in the outdoors you know oh, look at this leaf mum oh this is amazing look at this leaf um you know really exploring the outdoors being in nature also dancing and moving their bodies expressing their emotions right yes. <laughs> kids, kids do that very well um so it's interesting that these things that you're talking about are, are practices that we instinctively knew when we That's were little, right. when we were little. Yeah. And that comes back to the whole, we start off as just being these pure beings that want to go out and have fun. We know what to do. 
But as we go through life, we are conditioned by society and all of a sudden everything that we used to know, we've just pushed down and we leave it all behind. Mm. So it's just, it's so powerful, isn't it, that we get to go back to being ourselves. And one of the things I love saying is I'm a big kid at heart. And that's kind of just a a driving, uh, I suppose, part of me is that I get to just play, Mm. play. Because that's where your creativity comes from. Well, it's interesting. Somewhere along, actually, I see it now. My stepdaughter has just started high school. She's going to a private school. And so she spends most of half of her weekends studying now, right? Mm. And it's like she went from last year being a child to now she's now being forced into this. By the way, this was, I had no decision in the school she went to. But now she's being forced into this position of having to abandon play and be really grown up and serious and study and get the good grades. And I can see this is like the death of that playfulness. Yes. It's the death of the inner child or, or whatever, you know, it's like this is how this is how it gets squashed out of us. Mm-hmm. And which it's is really sad. Really sad. Being at that that sort of pivotal age of all of a sudden you're a child to now an adult. I've at never 12, really by the way, I'm twelve. Yeah, exactly. Since when did we decide that 12 was old enough to stop playing and all of a sudden grow up? Yeah. Yeah. And so I have very strong views about where my, well, how my daughter will do her schooling. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what mark she makes, just completely on a diverse topic. It doesn't matter what mark she makes in school. Like we create our own reality. You don't need to be, right. you don't need to get straight A's to be super successful. Richard Branson yes. dropped out in year nine, right? It's like, yeah. There's so much. All for that as well. <laughs> the same thing with my daughter. She goes to a school that is very much play-based. They don't sit at yeah. desks. It's just all outdoors and it's very mm. much my philosophy. And it'll be interesting to see how this generation grows up, that's for sure. Mm. So what would be, I guess, just one little last thing you'd like to leave the listeners with is how, like how these embodiment practices, like really you've given some great tools and ideas of how people can regulate the nervous system. Like I guess just overall like, What's the importance of this in helping them expand their business? Like, how do you see this connection? Is there any last piece of advice or insight on on the impact of how this shows up in expanding someone's business? Yeah, definitely. And I think we've touched on it at the end there. It comes back, for me, it comes back to play. It comes back to being able to invoke your creativity because when we are sitting like your daughter at a desk all day and studying, doing something that feels very forced and very unnatural, all of a sudden, all of these things that we could potentially be creating or what we desire to create in our business, it's no longer fun. It takes the fun mm. away from it. What The reason that we created our business for a lot of entrepreneurs is that freedom, is that ability to enjoy life and to really just experience everything that it has to experience. But if we're spending all of these hours grinding, hustling and not enjoying it, then that then starts to be felt in the work that we're doing. And if it's felt in the work that we're doing and that's how we're feeling, then energetically it's being picked up by our audience, by our community. And if we're not loving what we're doing, it tends to turn people off. Mm. So our business stagnates, it falters, it doesn't grow. Yes. We can do the opposite, watch it expand. Yes, 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 yes. Yes to all of that. I mean, that's something that one of the first things I talk about with clients, whether they're in a, a group program or one-on-one, is, is is really identifying the shoulds in your business, the things that you're doing, the shit you hate, that you think you need to do, and really being able to identify what's truly 
what you're actually really being called to do because there are a million ways to build something in an incredible way that feels good to you and the more you're following your joy and what feels good to you and your business the more success you're going to have and there are so many things that people think they should be doing and a lot of it's just conditioning and limiting beliefs Mm-hmm. There are so there are so many ways, so many ways to create things. And the more yeah, the more fun we have, the more joy we have, the more success we have. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And as like as you said, it's this deconditioning. And my Ooh. daughter was homeschooled for this year and <laughs> Part of it is this unschooling process. And I think as entrepreneurs, we almost need to have this like, oh, sorry, de-schooling, I should say, this de-schooling process that we go through as entrepreneurs that we move from mm-hmm. the nine to five of being busy, filling our hours, doing what we should versus what do we want to do? Mm-hmm. Get rid yeah. of the conditioning and just create the life that we desire. Because yes, we it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing for a lot of the women, for myself, as well, especially when I first started and a lot of the women I work with, that they've still got this, it's just this hustle mentality, right? It's this hustle mentality. I've got to work hard. And, you know, one of my clients um, who had incredible, you know, she had incredible success. In fact, I interviewed her on the podcast. She went from 10K to 30K in 30 days, had huge success and then went on to start a supplement brand. But she, and so she built into her calendar a day off, right? Fridays, having the day off. And then she was like, but I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, wake up. And I'm like, I go do yoga and I come home and have breakfast and it's all amazing. And then I'm like, what do I do? What do I do with myself? And she felt this real like, yeah, this 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 sense of uneasiness because she's been conditioned to believe that you have to be working to be successful. And so even though she was creating success, just her programming was that that wasn't okay to do that. And so we took, took a little bit of work to un, unwire that, release that. Yes. Yeah. Cause we, we get to make money and it gets to be easy. Why yeah. should it have to feel tough? And as you said, there's that, that conditioning around it. And these, these beliefs that have been ingrained that you must work hard to earn money, mm. um, but we don't, we get to enjoy ourselves. Yes. I love that. I love that. Beautiful. And so where can people find you? Where's the best place for someone to find yeah. you? So the best place to find me is on Instagram. So my handle is I am underscore Amanda Hunter. Uh, that's the best place to find me and connect with me there. Awesome. I'll make sure that link is in the show notes. Thank you so much, lovely lady, for your wisdom today. So beautiful to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It's been fun chatting. Thanks so much, Susan. Thank you. Thanks, lovely. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you loved what you heard here and are excited for your expansion. If it resonated with you, then please screenshot this podcast and share it with your friends and hashtag soul aligned business babes. And please rate and review so I can spread the word and keep bringing you more goodness. If you're not already following me on social media, come and join the party for extra inspiration and teachings. I do live trainings in my Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash soulaligned.bb. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Susan Francis. Or come to my website at susanfrancis.com.au and download your free manifestation meditation and check out what programs I'm currently offering. I'm so excited you joined me here today and can't wait to share the next episode with you. Until then, remember you are powerful beyond measure and your success is inevitable.